balance I for intelligence T stands for tough trouble Truly terrific C for courage H bitch holy Rise high pollinate Aphrodite Ride Doing what the ushers into neon light Shut it up now Doggy come and suck my ATD I'm a three-headed goddess from the full moon line Venus hit the gong gong singing straight We're tough enough We stand strong in the storm We don't back down We don't take shit no more We don't back down Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is the 2018 May Young Classic, and we are going to start off with a hailstorm song. Week, man. Last year they had a much better uh, opening track, but eh, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to welcome all of the patrons here, all two of you. And maybe eventually we'll go ahead and throw this on the, the rundown feed so all the rest of the fans can, can hear it. But right now, uh, only you patrons can hear it. So welcome. Uh, I'm going to go through week by week of the May Young Classic. Now, obviously, we a lot of people already know the uh, the finals here. But uh, because it's a, you know one of my shows, it's going to be me making fun of a lot of people. So that's going to happen. And uh, something that actually came up pretty organically on the on the regular feed was the fact that uh, the way that some women are, are shown or are presented in the WWE as well as other places still leaves a lot to be desired. Um, you know, Jason kind of went into it on, on the rundown feed saying that, you know, someone like Scarlett Bordeaux obviously plays kind of a bombshell character, but other people such as Brandy Rhodes, such as, uh, you know, Chelsea Green and and a lot of other people who are presented in a way as being legitimate wrestlers still do ass-shaking and, you know, still are, are very sexualized. And obviously in WWE, that is, is continues to be a recurring thing. Um, even nowadays, you know, not only do we have a lot of storylines, you know, where that feature um, women just kind of wanting... Uh, to get with dudes, but we also, you know, obviously have the different things. Iconics are one thing, they're, they're a heel duo, but uh, then you've got people like Charlotte doing a little leg spread thing in her intro. Um, you know, uh, Naomi does have a lot of ass-based stuff. You know, Asuka walks around in a thong on the outside of her outfit. Things like that, where there's there's no real reason to present them that way. Um, you know, certain, certain characters it, it works for. Um, and you know, women using their sexualities is nothing, nothing new. Uh, we don't really get too much of it uh, on the men's side. Obviously, you've got kind of outliers like Fandango, who is all about you know, kind of feeling himself up. Val Venus, but again, few and far between. Mostly, it's you know, the men are presented as big, tough motherfuckers that that can kick the shit out of you no matter what their character is, or Weasley little assholes. Uh, you know, now obviously there are some people like Ronda Rousey that seems to have kind of. Uh, transcended that as she's more of just the badass character but she's the exception she's 
she doesn't prove you know she her, her being presented that way is great and and we love that we just wish that there was more of it and so it's going to keep coming up during during this and during the subsequent ones as well on how how the women are really presented and and i want you know i want to get this straight as you know i mean i'm this is still comedy podcast i'm still going to make jokes and things like that um but i'm also going to to talk about how the how the people are presented as well so um and of course because it's a WWE production and it's it's a thing about all women michael cole is your lead announcer for some reason he is with renee young and beth phoenix why not just have renee and beth renee can do a a perfectly good job of of you know play-by-play work and honestly i don't know there's i know that there are women out there that do play-by-play so um after our intro we cut to an obviously pre-recorded intro to the first round matchup tegan knox formerly known as nixon noel as well as stephanie noel will take on zatara zatara says she is from santiago chile making her the first chilean female wrestler in the wwe she is 26 years old and a former champion in Max Lucha Libre, Revolución Lucha Libre, and Extreme Club Lucha Libre. She also wears a mask, so she is probably Stephanie McMahon sneaking her way into the tournament. She says she is intelligent in the ring and speaks English at the end of her promo, saying we will never forget her. Tegan Knox is from Wales. She is someone I've been following for a long time. Last year, she was supposed to be in the Mae Young Classic, but was injured before the event and so Knox is ready to shine Kayla Braxton screams that this is the first match and that there is a 15 minute time limit the only reason you would do something like have a 15 minute time limit is if eventually you're going to have a match end in a time limit draw we'll see Tegan Knox comes out to a nice pop she is Cole's pick to win the entire tournament fuck you Cole Renee says Knox has the shiniest wizard so I guess Knox must get waxed not sure how Renee knows that. One thing we will continue to discuss here is how the women are presented, of course, and Tegan's ring entrance is great. She comes in her trench coat, but she doesn't take the time to remove it seductively or in a special manner. She just takes it off and throws it to the side. This presentation shows that Tegan is a wrestler, not a sex object. Now, Tegan is a beautiful woman, and of course, she is wearing a sports bra type top and shorts, but her ass is more covered than other people, but not as much as some others. Um, so, you know, she's dressed pretty much how I'd expect a female wrestler to dress. Uh, it's a great first example of women empowerment. Uh, add to the fact that Tegan and Zatara both have natural bodies, not giant fake breasts that still reign supreme in the WWE, shows that, you know, we are still willing to have people who, you know, women that come from all walks of life, at least in the Mae Young Classic. We're not going to sign a lot of them to do anything but this, but we can we can check that, that box and say, ah, well, you know what? We had some people that maybe didn't fit into our cookie cutter of, of what people still think of as a WWE wrestler. Zatara makes her way out. She does a little ass shake, so not a great follow-up. Zatara also has a Street Fighter idle pose whenever she is walking, which is one leg cocked in the air. It's really weird. They lock up, and Cole ignores Renee. Now, uh, if you would like, go ahead and crack open your favorite alcoholic beverage and watch the entirety of the first episode. It's only 53 minutes. You'll be drunk by the end of it if you play the drinking game of every time Cole ignores anything that Renee Young says. Cole then asks Beth a question and repeats her answer as if he wasn't listening to her, so at least he's equal opportunity asshole in this one. 
One thing that was missing last year was having some heal workers, and Zatara works heal, and she does it very well. Uh, the only real sore spot in this match was the really weak and slow 619 spin by Nox, but other than that, you know, it is what it is. Zatara wants to do another handshake and kicks Nox for it, so that way to go Tegan, you moron. Zatara keeps working on Nox's injured knee, and that is why we need heal workers in this tournament. Because having everyone come in and just be like, oh, I'm happy to be here and everything like that, doesn't quite work. You need to have this this kind of dynamic during the matches because it makes the matches better. We've got someone like Zatara who's just here to try to win it, not here to make friends, not here to shake hands before the match and, and during the match and like that, and would just rather inflict as much pain on somebody as possible in order to secure her way to the next round. All of that being said, these two don't have that great of chemistry with each other. It's not bad. It's just it's noticeable. But that's a risk that you run when you have workers who have never worked with each other, you know, facing off for the first time. The crowd is behind Tegan. I would like to be as well. See, that's a joke. I can I can make valid points and still throw in some humor to keep you guys entertained. Shea Vagina, I I mean Shining Wizard for the win, and Tegan advances to the second round. Ember Moon is shown in the crowd, and then Alexa Bliss is also here, which would not be something her character would actually do. So, great. Alright, we trotted out some, some of the female talent on, on the roster. Uh, let's keep it up. Let's, let's keep showing those women at ringside. Rhea Ripley and MJ Jenkins are up next. Last year, Rhea beat Miranda Salinas before losing to Dakota Kai in the second round. Rhea Ripley, formerly Demi Bennett, is a 21-year-old Australian who is, spoiler alert, the current NXT UK Women's Champion, as well as a two-time Wright City Women's Champion. Rhea is more of a powerhouse worker, and she is definitely a star in the making. Sadly, she's paired with MJ Jenkins, but somebody had to draw the short straw and lose. MJ Jenkins has maybe... 20 matches under her belt, maybe? She worked a few dates for Impact before getting inv invited here. Jenkins calls herself Afrolicious, I think. And of course, she is your typical dancing, ass-shaking, sexploitation type of worker that WWE loves, so I'm sure she is your future NXT champion. I hope that Rhea rips her face off. A terrible Beyonce knockoff theme she plays as MJ Jenkins shakes her ass to the ring. I have so many issues with this. Why is this necessary? Jenkins was trained by the Dudley Boys. Now, I would love to see that big dumb dick Bully Ray shake his ass like that, because he's a fucking clown, but I'm pretty sure he didn't teach MJ Jenkins to have this as her entrance. And now, on the flip side of that, Rhea Ripley, despite her cleavage, is presented as an ass kicker. She has scream music and actually wears pants. Now look, I loves me some women. And I love titties, and Rhea has some great ones. But I don't feel like she needs to wear a bra and a see-through top as her ring gear. I feel she could have just a normal top, no need for, for a tit cutout or anything like that, just a normal fucking top, and be fine. I, I don't know that she needs to have the cleavage hanging out. Despite being a here, heel, the crowd chants for Rhea Ripley. Terrible arm drag by Jenkins, followed by a bad reversal, and then a beauty of a dropkick by Ripley. And Jessica Carr is the ref, and I wish all the refs for this would be female, as they have like two of them running around now, but last match had a male ref. They keep saying that Rhea and Charlotte are alike, but I don't see how. Now, Ripley is in great shape, 
but she's not a bodybuilder like Charlotte. Charlotte has a physique that is kind of unlike most of the women in WWE. Ripley is more along of your, like, I mean, I would, I would say close to Becky Lynch, but Becky is probably a little bit, a little bit more cut. Um, but yeah, so they also don't have the same style either. Like Charlotte wrestles a very different style. Ripley is more of like your, your powerhouse kind of thing where Charlotte's more technical. So it's, it just seems like they're just trying to find a way to put people over. And all they can do is be like, this one's like the, like the one that you, you guys like on the main roster. Remember? Cole says that Rhea Ripley is a fan of The Miz, so we really gave up at this point. MJ screams and unleashes some punches, then a shoulder tackle. MJ dances, and then hits a top rope dropkick. Rhea pump handle powerbombs MJ right back to the strip club and wins to advance to the second round. So first two matches, uh, okay matches. All in all, not, not too shabby. We've got two more to go. Uh, if if these two are the worst matches, that's a good thing because these were good matches. They they told a story like they needed to. Probably could have done a little bit more storytelling uh, in in the second one, Ripley and and MJ. But you're dealing with a very green worker, whereas the first two where the first match had you know very very talented workers and ones that have been around for a while. So our next matchup is an interesting one to me because it is Vanessa the Mountain Craven versus Lacey Lane. Lacey Lane someone I've actually never heard of before. Um, not that I heard of MJ Jenkins before either, but uh, Vanessa the Mountain I definitely have. She is a 36-year-old Canadian who is a former Shimmer Tag Team Champion with Tessa Blanchard, as well as the current PWE Flame Champion and current NCW Femme Fatales International Champion. She is... So here she's billed at 6'2". Um, normally she's billed at about six foot because that's her actual height, but it's WWE, so you add a couple inches. Lacey Lane is another of Team 3D's graduates, and she has worked for a few different Florida promotions for the past two years. So very, very green worker, but very interesting look to her. She's she's tatted up. She's got she's got some dreads to her. Um, so let's let's see what they got going on here. And of course, we're going. But before that, we're going to follow it up by looking back at at ringside. Let's see what woman is here. A Leo Rush has shown. Well, hopefully, he left his phone at home this time. Lacey Lane enters first. She does a mix of Kane and AJ Styles entrance, but thankfully, no ass shaking. Vanessa Craven makes her way out, and Craven plays with little ears on her hoodie. So Vanessa is six foot tall and is an entire head taller than Lane. So this match is now cold comes right out and says it's a david versus goliath match that's weak sauce dude like you can't that's that's the best you can do it's a david versus goliath thing no talk about the fact that lane is is quick and speedy we'll need to use her her you know agility to to best craven because craven's just a powerhouse no we don't get that we get it's a david versus goliath story Lane tries to do a sunset flip, and Craven no-sells it. Then a crucifix bomb, but Craven no-sells it. That's a great way to start the match. It, that may sound like I was saying that it was bad. No, like, you have somebody who's is literally probably a foot shorter than her, who's trying to, to do, like, use her body weight to pull it down. That's not going to happen, and that's the perfect way that you start off a match like this, is you show off the fact that Craven is a beast. She's... Her nickname is Lady of the Mountain. And you show off the fact that Lacey is incredibly fast 
and that's that's going to be the story of the match is is what's going to happen first is is craven going to get her hands on lane and rip her limb from limb or is lane going to be able to continue to dodge duck and weave in order to get the, the surprise victory so back to the match this is exactly how this needed to be booked uh i like the big show but better uh, craven's tits are trying to escape her top and lane keeps jumping all over the place and hitting kicks whoever booked this match knows what they're working with. Lane shows quickness and fast strikes against Craven's slow and powerful style. Craven destroys Lane's face with a rolling corner bomb. Like, that had to hurt. Craven could really shine at the WWE with her crazy facials and style, but of course, she doesn't have those movie star good looks, so she's never going to get a sniff. If WWE really wants to claim that they are the, like, headquarters for women's revolution and the epitome of women's wrestling, these are the people that you need to go out and get. You need to get people who are who have various sizes and various styles. Right now, on the main roster, we have one person who looks a little bit different than the rest of the wrestlers, but still has the incredibly beautiful face and was a former model. And that, of course, would be The Rock's cousin. You also have Tamina, but again, she's somebody's famous daughter, so... You know, and since her dad killed somebody and Vince, um, you know, covered it up, this is why she has a job. Now, she again doesn't look like Vanessa Craven, but she also doesn't fight like Vanessa Craven does. She fights a normal WWE style. But again, we saw it last year with Jazzy Gabbert, another person who, you know, has has her own kind of uh, kind of unique look to her, and has has a unique style. It does looks like a very different person than than everybody else and it would be no contract signed nothing just swept under the rug and the same thing will happen with craven now obviously you could try to say oh well you know craven is, is 36 yeah well you know what the WWE champion is fucking 40 so don't even try to tell me that they wouldn't sign somebody who's who's past 35 and and give them a run anyways i digress Lane with a corner a counter and a series of corner kicks and a running knee keep the offense going. Craven with a spinning side slam for two. Craven misses with a cannonball and Lane hits a crucifix bomb for the surprise win. Lane, who is signed with NXT, so of course she's going to win, but also shows status quo for WWE. You know, you could have had Lane lose. You could have see. You could have shown. Well, let's see what Craven can do. Being because you know she's a monster, have it be a close enough like that. Um, so the surprise went, honestly, with this one, it was kind of hard to go either way on it because uh, I liked both of these workers, and I haven't really seen much of Lacey Lane, but I was very impressed with the way that she worked for somebody who's only been wrestling for a couple of years. But again, like I said, it's one of those things where, like, Vanessa Craven got to, to make someone look good and probably will not, won't be heard of again, so kind of a shame on that but hey at least uh at least she's got something that she can kind of put a feather in her cap and it'll make her a little bit more money on the indies too some random backstage interviewer is with natalia who gives a shit why are we talking to natalia instead of the competitors and like seriously like fuck natalia you currently employ the winner of last year's mayon classic talk to her fuck natalia our last match for this episode is between Miko Satamora and Killer Kelly. 
38-year-old Miko is from Nagata, Japan. She's won championships in Chikara, DDT, Gaia, Sendai Girls, Tokyo Sports, and World Wonder Ring Stardom. Miko is presented as learning from her mistakes as a young worker and being a far better one now. Killer Kelly is from Portugal. The 26-year-old was the very first Westside Extreme Women's Wrestling Champion. Killer Kelly is the first Portuguese wrestler, male or female, in the WWE. Kelly is another NXT UK worker, but has not signed exclusively to the brand as she just debuted in progress. Funaki is shown in attendance. Who gives a shit? Ty Dillinger is also there, so he's now spent more time on TV in the audience than he has in the ring. Cole says it's Miko time, but Killer Kelly comes out. She spreads her legs before walking to the ring. They say that Kane expired Kelly growing up. Well, great. Kelly shakes her ass and licks her lips. And I already want to quit doing this. Miko Satamora walks out. She gets a great reaction. Kelly looks like she wants to fuck Miko. Kelly bows to Miko, which wasn't expecting that. And Miko is a strong style worker. So it's kick versus kick in this match. Satamora with an early submission attempt and Cole needs to settle down and let his coworkers talk. Cole is also verbally blowing Miko. He's putting over a 38-year-old worker more than the young talent who are actually signed by WWE. The crowd is behind this match. Kelly can't lock on a surfboard or doesn't seem to know how to, and Miko with a Boston Crab and then changes it into an STF, but Kelly gets to the ropes. Miko then almost brains herself on a takedown, and I think she legit is kicking the shit out of Kelly. Kelly kicks out and then kicks to, gets kicked in the tits for this. Kelly awkwardly reverses and Cole starts doing his dumb cadence talk. But he goes like this and he keeps going like this and this. Kelly misses a bro kick and eats a handstand knee drop to the dome. Miko up top and gets stopped. Kelly then locks in a dragon sleeper on the top rope and Cole thinks that this is a legal move because he gets all excited that Miko might tap out, but of course is corrected once the hold is broken before the five count. Also, does Cole hate Renee? Because he yet again interrupted her and only started talking to Beth. A fisherman suplex for two and shut up Cole. Because he goes, Miko wins, Miko wins, uh, 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 wins, she wins, she wins. Oh, no, no, she didn't. It's fucking stupid. This is awesome, Chant breaks out. A Pele kick from Miko. So apparently she's allowed to have that move to call a Pele kick. Everybody else is just an overhead kick. She hits a Death Valley driver for the three count. So we have Rhea Ripley, Miko Satamora, Lacey Lane, and Tegan Knox making it out of the first round. And the first four winners in the Mae Young Classic. All in all, a good first episode. Uh, nice placement of the of the matches here. You know, we started off kind of okay, acceptable match. Uh, followed it up with with a decent match. Followed up with a really good match, and then ended it with um, with a, another really good match as well. Me, I kind of give the edge in the storytelling to the Craven match, but uh, but the the Miko match was was a really good one. Uh, both of them did a phenomenal job, and obviously someone like Miko. You know, this this is going to be her only chance, and this is the first time, really, that she's kind of uh, wrestled on TV in, in America since one, one episode of WCW back when she was, like, 20. So, really cool for her. 
Um, and that brings us to the end of it. So um, that does it for this week. And I will be back next week with the second episode of the Mayon Classic. And so until then, uh, keep paying us. And hopefully somebody else will start putting on uh, stuff for you guys. So I'm not the only one. That's right. Talking to you, Adam.